Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. All right, y'all. We are going back to our roots with a Midwest 2020 mini tour. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Thank goodness. Corn-fed entertainment. Tater tot hot dish. Mm, hot dish 2020. We are going to be in Indianapolis on March 18th, Chicago on the 19th, and the Twin Cities, a.k.a. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Ever heard of it? On Saturday, March 21st. Got some more dates. Amanda, what else do we have? From there, we're going to be going to St. Louis on March 23rd and Kansas City, Missouri, Trump, <laughs> on March 24th. Tickets can be found at our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. So keep your eye out, get those trigger fingers ready, mm-hmm. and buy them before they sell out, baby. Yes, please. We can't wait to see you all. See you in March. Very gentle. <laughs> like the rolling waves mm. of Lake Superior. Ah! <laughs> oh, I just scared Callie. It's okay. There's no yeah. bird here. She's such a scaredy dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are listening to oh Wine and Crime, the <laughs> podcast where three <laughs> friends chug wine, chat, true crime. I can barely hear you. Yeah, I can't hear you at all. <laughs> <laughs> and unleash there their worst Minnesotan accents. I do feel like we should do this songs. entire thing as NPR radio hosts, though. Yeah. Coming I at you live today from my bedroom. Studio. It's yeah. currently 74 degrees in the metro area. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we have all the hits from Ladysmith Black Mombazo. <laughs> I love All this radio hits. show. This is my new favorite radio show. Our radio show. I would listen to this, definitely. Um, this Who week, are we? Uh, oh, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And this week, we have a very special listener pick episode. Oh, I love a good listener pick. Yeah. Um, just to remind everyone, we are publicly supported and, uh, we refrain from doing annual fundraising drives so you can support us all year round from listeners like you. (laughs) Okay. Can we go back to being loud and horrifying? Amanda can't contain herself anymore. (laughs) I can't sustain Um, this. (laughs) (laughs) It's too hard. (laughs) That's what she said. Um, (laughs) So we have a fanfic episode. The topic this week is justifiable homicide. My favorite homicide. Woo! Justice but a failed homicide. And that (laughs) is brought to you by Shayna Rains. I bless the rains down in Shayna Africa. (laughs) I think it's Shanna. 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 I don't know. I'm sorry. Shana-na-na. Shana-na-na. Oh. 
<laughs> All right, before we get on to the wine crime pairing, um, I just want to quickly butt plug the fact that after this episode, we are going to drunkenly record a special, special thanks. Oh, God. Uh, including thanking everyone who gave me gifts on uh, Zach and my wedding registry. There's a Thank shocking you. amount of you that showed up for that. Literally more members of the wine coven gave us gifts for our wedding than people who were invited to the wedding. I didn't give you a gift. <laughs> no, that's fine. You travel. Our but presence yeah. was your gift. We bought exactly. you a purse. You're fine. That's fine. And you guys <laughs> Nothing did Nothing for Zach. <laughs> Not <laughs> he gets to see me use that purse. Um, Yay! You're welcome, Zach. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be recording that, and we'll put it up on social media and uh, on Patreon as well. So if yeah. you were one of the Wine Coven members that donated uh, to the wedding registry, then I want to thank you personally, so stay tuned for that. So sweet. Okay. All right, what's our wine crime pairing for justifiable homicide? Oh, my. We are featuring a wine from our amazing sponsor, Wink wine club before i even talk about this wine let's talk about wink wine club it's an online wine club that delivers wine to your motherfucking door people <laughs> are you like me do you like wine do you hate seeing and interacting with people wearing mm -hmm. pants showering mm -hmm. brushing mm -hmm. your teeth then you need wink wine club they have an incredible array of wines that they change fairly frequently so you can test brand new things that you've never tasted before. They have this really cool flavor quiz. So if you're newer to wine, you can get a feel for what you might like and be guided by experts who can take some nuggets of knowledge about what you like to eat, what some of your favorite smells are. If you like mm -hmm. dirt, if you like fruit, <laughs> all kinds of fun if things. If you're dirty. And then suggest some <laughs> cool wines for you. If you don't want any of those suggestions, you just say, fuck them. And you go through their incredible inventory and you put whatever wines you want into your shopping cart. Once you have four or, my, or more wines in that shopping cart, they take care of the shipping. Woo! It just, it just is magic. It just arrives in a box. Yes, your and door. their wines typically fall within what we like to call the wine and crime approved price point which is like right around 13 bucks some mm -hmm. of their more expensive wines are like 18 to 30 dollars still amazing deals on these really beautiful small batch wines from all over the world um and yeah you should check it out so go to trywink.com forward slash gals that's t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com forward slash gals to get 20 bucks off of your first order that's a box of wine y'all for like less than 30 dollars it's after amazing. that 20 bucks off. It's a crazy deal, so check it out. Uh, can't recommend it highly enough. We use it constantly. My mother uses it. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. today, we're drinking the Debts and Lessons Riesling. Love Ooh. it. What yeah. a good name. Isn't that such a good name? And yeah. I feel like yeah. collecting a debt and or teaching a lesson is justifiable if it mm -hmm. gets to a homicidal point. Mm -hmm. So that's where we'll I went with this pairing. <laughs> A Lannister always pays his debts. A Lannister <laughs> always fucks his twin. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, spoiler what alert. What is happening? I don't, okay. I don't know if we've done like a full-on Riesling since the white male terrorism episode. Mm-hmm. But we've had a lot of wine since then. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's all a blur. Remember, yeah. Um, this Riesling is from Zabala Vineyards in Monterey, California. Zabala fun. 
Zabala. <laughs> Zabala this little mama fun. is a patio sipper, as I like to call it. On a hot day, oh. you can put an ice cube in it and no one will judge you. Mm-hmm. It has a little more sweetness than I'm typically drawn to, but it has a really refreshing finish. It's a little lower in alcohol. It's only 11.2%, but that just means you can have like three bottles of it without getting sloppy. Three bottles. <laughs> I have a high Amanda's, bottles. Amanda's definition of sloppy is different. <laughs> that is accurate. It's real sloppy. Let's not you're talk say about three glasses. <laughs> <laughs> three bottles. I don't know how you live, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> this wine has notes of candied lemon, honeysuckle, and green apple, but it's balanced with minerality and a slight acidity to just cut some of that sweetness from the fruit. Um, wines that air a little sweeter are always like a knock out of the park to pair with spicy food, which I think is really fun. So yeah. I didn't think far enough in advance to do this, but I was thinking... The next time I order this, which I will order it again, I'm going to make, or let's be real, order on Postmates a super spicy pad thai. Ooh. Yeah, and drink this while eating pad thai. That sounds amazing. And when I come back to the States, I only want to eat Thai food and Mexican food. Done. Deal? Yes. Okay. And then you can stay with Lucy and shit in her toilet. Okay. Uh, Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is a crack wine this week which means we're going to allow kenyan Mm -hmm. to be the opener this week since it's not a cork and she won't hurt herself no pressure. my hands are really sweaty oh (laughs) because i'm nervous (laughs) you have a condition i don't know what it is but you have it your hands are always clammy (laughs) okay moving on to the crack (laughs) stop over moisturizing and then you Ah. can get this did you guys talk all over my crack (laughs) you did you did because it oh did you already get another one yeah it's open nice crack Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like starting an episode with Kenyon being mad at us. Uh-huh. <laughs> Check. All right. What's our background in psych? From bitch. one clammy hand bitch to another. My hands aren't clammy. They're just cold because I have poor circulation. Yours are like cold and wet. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> hey, mine now are gonna I'm fall off due to diabetes. So at least you'll have hands know. your whole life. Amanda's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a hook, a la Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, stabbing her can of beer. Yep, <laughs> taping it, it to my hand. <laughs> Let's be real; it's gonna be a bottle of Grenache, like 100%. welded to her hand. Just have instead of a hook for a hand, it's just a wine key. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. That- is such a good idea. I would use that yeah. all the time. We're about mm-hmm. to get so much fan art of Amanda with a wine key hook, and I am <laughs> all super about into it. it. <laughs> I am here for it. I okay, am okay. embracing the possibility of me losing limbs if I can replace them with a wine key. Well, it has to be the right <laughs> limb. I don't think you want that as a leg. Listen, I'd make it work. <laughs> okay. It'd be better for a magnum, just saying. <laughs> get more leverage 
<laughs> if Listen. only my dad had a wine key prosthetic <laughs> leg when he was alive, I think we really could have gone far with that. Yes, my we dad had a prosthetic really leg. Really missed out on exploiting his disability. We did. Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. He took every possible opportunity to have fun he with called that. himself peg leg mike he did he <laughs> did okay quick anecdote okay. i'm sorry but i have to say uh, it. here we go um my family vacations in new jersey every year uh my family's been going for like a century clearly not me because i haven't been alive that long but they make you buy uh little beach tags for like a week or a day of being on the beach just to you know whatever to pay for like fucking lifeguards and trash removal and all that fun stuff but we never buy enough tags. We just stretch like the six tags that come with our mm-hmm. beach rental into the 50 family members that are <laughs> on the oh beach. <laughs> so for a while, there were beach tag girls, like these sweet, innocent, like very green 15, 16 year old girls that would just walk up and down the beach with like their fanny packs, checking to make sure people had beach tags. If they didn't, then they would sell them beach tags. And we had a code word, I think it was Skittles. and someone would start screaming skittles if they saw a beach tag checker coming down the beach and my dad would take his leg off to quote air out his stump and just start like dear christ wiggling it around around. to terrify the beach tag girls oh no and they would part ways and give us the widest berth <laughs> like not come anywhere near our little beach camp area. <laughs> well at least it was worth terrifying it. man I flapping his stump in the air airing out his stump <laughs> oh my it worked God. like a charm yeah rest I in bet. peace dad rest in we're peace we're about to get so many emails it was amanda's dad i'm just yeah, reiterating she can talk about it. Okay. Of course I can. It's part of my lineage. <laughs> it explains so much about my personality. Anyway, talk space. Just no. <laughs> Lucy, what on earth? Dear Christ, what is the background in psych for uh, justifiable homicide? Uh, okay. <clears throat> well, from Wikipedia, the concept of justifiable homicide in criminal law as opposed to culpable homicide, stands on the dividing line between an excuse, a justification, and an exculpation. Ooh. I feel a Venn diagram coming on. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-huh. In certain circumstances, homicide is justified when it prevents greater harm to innocence. A homicide can only be justified if there is sufficient evidence to prove that it was reasonable to believe that the offending party posed an imminent threat through the life or well-being of another in self-defense. A homicide in this instance is blameless and distinct from the less stringent criteria authorizing deadly force in stand-your-ground rulings, which we will touch on later in my segment. Okay, so it's easier to get stand-your-ground ruling. Yeah. Oh. It's okay. easier to to prove stand your ground than justifiable homicide. Trayvon okay. Martin. We'll I get can't. there. Oh, we no. say okay. his motherfucking name. We'll get there. Yeah. So a little bit of history for you, gal pals. In early Athenian law, 
the laws Ooh. of Solon stated that if an accused pleaded that he was justified in killing someone, his case could be tried in a dedicated court called the Delphinian. Okay. It, they had their own temple hmm. where they like heard justifiable homicide cases. I thought that I was cool. I like that. And Delphinian is named after the god Delphi, regarded as the protector of ports and ships. That has nothing to do with justifiable okay. homicide, but I thought it was a fun <laughs> little tidbit. There you go. Also dolphin. Cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Banter. Love it. In Athenian law, for example, it was considered justifiable homicide to kill an adulterer or a burglar caught in the act. Yeah, and adultery's a bit far, but okay. The legal term for catching someone red-handed was flagrante delicto, yes. which is Latin in flagrante for delicto. It is Latin for in blazing offense. Yes, it's I basically my epitaph. <laughs> <laughs> She died how she lived in, fr- in, in flagrante delicto. In blazing <laughs> offense. <laughs> um, in 18th century English law, it was justifiable for a husband to kill a man who was ravishing his wife. No details Ravish? on whether it would be justifiable for the wife to kill her rapist. And pretty fair mm-hmm. that he's not going to kill himself because he's not capable of being ravishing in the bed. Okay, nope. I'm done. Not good. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop. No. Uh-uh. No. Uh, okay. So justifiable <laughs> homicide is a super legal gray area, as one can imagine. If self-defense has been demonstrated in a case, then it would be the norm to get reduced charges, reduced prison sentences, or acquittals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So besides self-defense, there are some other common occasions when homicide is justifiable, including when a state is engaged in war. Oh, okay. ew. Right. Like okay. Um, to repel violence with violence, to protect oneself or another's life and or limb, or to prevent sexual assault or to quell a riot. So self-defense, really, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some sort of these of. fall under self or others' defense. Yeah, self-defense mm-hmm. gray area plus mm-hmm. the new Quelling iPhone. of a riot, though, I feel like it's, it's obviously been misused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, when protecting one's home, that's mm-hmm. just, like, largely accepted worldwide. Um, if somebody is trying to escape lawful detention, high police shootings, mm. that's covered under justifiable homicide apparently really mm-hmm. all of them well it's obviously no yeah. if you if they can prove that they feared for their lives if they can prove self-defense right and they were also trying to detain someone from lawful detention and they're a cop it's mm-hmm. obviously very easy for them to prove that in a court of law in the united states right mm-hmm. now if it even yeah. makes it to a court of law which it right. exactly. exactly doesn't right yeah typically it's just a grand jury whether or not to indict mm-hmm. there's also Ugh. the the heat of the moment defense when the defendant is provoked and may suddenly lose control when words are spoken or events occur Ugh, when overzealous fuck boys get all drunk mm-hmm. and pop off in the club yep mm-hmm. there we go 
Uh, it I'm says changing the name of that rule. Pred- pop off defense. Jurisdictions yeah. predictably differ on whether this should be allowed to excuse liability or merely mitigate to a lesser offense like manslaughter. Or mm-hmm. not change anything at all because fucking control yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everyone else controls themselves. You don't get to just be allowed to pop off and kill someone and not have consequences for that. Yeah. Yep, nope. yep, 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 yep. Nope. Um, this was my favorite one. The doctrine of necessity and the cited example in this Wikipedia entry was when a surgeon tries to separate conjoined twins and one of them dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doctor is okay. not culpable. Okay. Because and it's, like, such a risky surgery to begin with and yeah. they're trying to, like, do good. And he's then he or she is a doctor, so. Right. Um, and while we're on the subject of doctors, let us touch on the 2005 Unborn Victims of Violence Act. Oh, no. That changed the legal definition of human fetuses to, quote, unborn children, formally defining feticide as murder. Yeah, so that's there, a slippery slope. There are explicit exceptions that prohibit the prosecution of doctors, nurses, and the women carrying these fetuses. Thank you, clumps mm-hmm. of cells. Thanks to Roe versus Wade, but it is still mm-hmm. super fucked up. Like they're towing that fucking line. Mm-hmm. Like I do, ugh. I do think. I mean, obviously, these laws were enacted by anti-choice groups um, to right. lead down the road to removing uh, choice for women over their bodily autonomy. But um, at the same time, if someone is, let's say, heavily pregnant, wants that pregnancy, you know, was going to go to full term by choice and was murdered. Oh, my God. Yes. Then I can see someone or the victim's family wanting it to be prosecuted as more than just one homicide. Nope, you know 1,000% what I'm saying? agree. 1,000% I agree with that, agree. too. But I think a large part of this Unborn Victims of Violence Act was put forward because of totally. abortions. Yes, and oh, to, it's completely and manipulative. to yeah. pray, yeah, to manipulate the extremely tragic... Mm-hmm. And rare traumatic. circumstances, traumatic circumstances of something like you just described, or God forbid, a late term, mm-hmm. you know, necessary abortion for any string of tragic reasons. To manipulate that for some bullshit anti choice political agenda is fucking yeah. sickening. And yep. I hate it. Yeah. 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 I think the way around it would be to honor victims who are pregnant by there being some kind of enhanced penalties for the murder of someone who is pregnant instead mm-hmm. of recognizing the, quote, personhood of a fetus yeah, and making it a slippery slope like that. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Nailed um, it. Oh, Whining and also crime s- for president forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God help us all. Uh, and also some places that allow euthanasia. Okay. (laughs) That was my last example. That's also allowed. Um, So self-defense homicides have been on the rise for years. These types of killings doubled between 2000 and 2010. Oddly enough, coincidentally, Florida passed the first Stand Your Ground law in 2005. Mm-hmm. Fuckface Zimmerman was acquitted for the murder of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin in 2012. 
So fucking heartbreaking. Some more recent stand your ground bullshit happened just a few weeks ago in Clearwater, Florida, when Mm -hmm. Michael Draca, a white man, shot and killed killed Marquise McLaughlin, a black man, in the parking lot of a Circle A Foods when Michael was arguing with Marquise's girlfriend about being parked allegedly in an accessible parking space without the proper placard. Oh, well, so, that's worth killing someone over. Yeah. So, Good. So Marquise and his girlfriend and his five-year-old child were present, and Michael decided to pull a fucking gun, shot Marquise, and he died in front of his child and girlfriend. Oh and Michael God. was acquitted under the Stand Your Ground law. Uh, how is no. that his ground? It's not... I think because Marquise, like, shoved him away from the girlfriend, so, like, maybe the court saw him. So he could spin that he felt threatened and felt in fear of his life. Correct. Because he was pushed by a man protecting his family. Yep. Over a parking situation. Which, like, exactly. Yeah, if you parked in a handicapped parking spot, that's fucked up. You shouldn't do that. Okay. Then, but that's also right. like mind your own fucking business and don't pull a gun on yeah, a family. Ma- yeah, ma- 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 maybe it's not something you need to kill somebody over. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I know also, it's unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. How can someone with a concealed carry weapon, whether or not he has a license for it, I couldn't say, but how could somebody with a weapon like that, a lethal weapon, convincingly say that he felt threatened for his life by a dude and his girlfriend and baby. I can't. I mean, there's a lot of racism going on in these laws. Yes. Yeah. So I think probably he didn't even have to say that he felt intimidated because Marquise was a black man. Mm -hmm. That was just assumed because black people are violent. Yeah. According to racist tropes. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that more, too, actually. Um, so since that law was passed in 2005, murders in general are up 22%, and yep. justifiable okay. homicides are up 75%. Oh, my wow. God. See, yeah, if you give people an excuse, yeah. they're going to go around He felt justified in crazy. killing this man yeah, in front of his family. if you give people an out, yeah. basically... So on that note, let's talk about the fact that homicides are much more likely to be ruled as justifiable if it is a white person murdering a black person. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is, this is from an article from Law Street Media. It says, in a new analysis from the Marshall Project, researchers found that both the race of the victim and the killer are associated with large differences in the rate at which killings are ruled justified. Mm-hmm. Quote, when a white person kills a black man in America, the killer often faces no legal consequences, write authors Anna Flagg and Daniel Luthrop. Mm-hmm. They found that although about 2% of all homicides committed by civilians were ruled justifiable between 1980 and 2014, 17% of homicides involving a white person killing a black man were deemed justifiable homicides. So, yeah. So 2% of all homicides, all of them, versus are deemed justifiable versus 17% of homicides where a white person kills a black person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's 
kind of crazy. So um, this rate stands out when you compare it to other circumstances the authors find. So they say, in comparison, when Hispanics kill black men, about 5.5% of cases were called justifiable. When whites killed Hispanics, it's 3.1%. When blacks killed whites, the figure was 0.8%. And when a black when black males killed were killed by other black people, the figure was about two percent, the same as the overall rate. Yeah, the national average. Yeah. And another report finds that even after adjusting for the ages of the killer and the victim, their relationship and the weapons used, uh, the likelihood of a white on black male case being called justifiable was still about four point seven times higher than in other cases. Unbelievable. So, Kenyon sent me a link <laughs> with some facts. I and didn't I, read the article. I just read the headline, and I was like, this looks juicy. I'm going to send this over. So hit me with it. Well, it was from <laughs> oh, the God. National Review, which don't read this trash. It's like oh. super right-wing leaning, very yeah. questionable. Nothing was fucking cited. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well... I don't read the National Review. It obviously just came up in a Google search, and the headline looked interesting. Yeah, oh my just God. A P- didn't just a PSA. vote for Trump. Just a PSA. Can you just shot Lucy a quick Breitbart article that she thought would be useful <laughs> oh my God, you guys, for her this, research? This is why it is so important to obviously check your fucking sources. I'm yeah. so embarrassed. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. So I just want to tell you guys how oh, what this dear. article says because it's just like okay, it's someone's point of view, but it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um so this article basically asserts that this culpability deficit is because the black community is more violent than the white oh, community. God. So the murder of a white person by a black person is more likely to be straight-up homicide, while the opposite is more likely to be framed as self-defense. He also claims that twice as many white people own guns as black people, which also not cited and not true, because I looked it up from the Pew Research Institute. Yes, more white Americans own more guns than black Americans, but it is not nearly twice as many. Mm. And that's because... The rate, the rates of people owning guns are much higher in rural areas, which so are whiter. There's just whiter people in rural areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not okay. like why, but that's just another statistic to help you visualize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, this has nothing to do with a racist justice system. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. It's because black people are more violent than white yeah. people, which is fucking insane. I can't even. Um, so justifiable homicides are more likely to occur between strangers rather than the three quarters of non-justifiable homicides occurring between people who know each other. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, and a lot, also, it's a lot harder to be like, I was threatened for my life. By my best know. friend, Kenyon. Yeah. That also <laughs> makes me, that makes me sad about all of these cases where women kill their abusive partners and they right. end up serving prison sentences. Yep. Yeah, and longer sentences. Yeah. I I read something. Maybe you're going to talk. Are you going to talk about this? No. I mean, we're talking about it now. I read something about how when men kill their female partners, the average uh, prison term is like two to four years or something. Oh, yeah. And for women, it's like 15 plus or something. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. It's over twice as much, which is... Ugh. Okay. Um, also, the weapon used is more likely to be a firearm. Mm-hmm. Again, to the gun thing. So just a couple of things to consider when looking at all of these statistics. Um, does an increase in justifiable homicides reflect killings that otherwise would not have taken place? Or does it reflect the idea that such killings now just fall into a new legal category of justifiable? Mm. That, I don't know. Tell us. I don't have an answer. Oh. I'm just saying it's something to consider when we're looking at all these statistics because, as we've talked about before, it's super easy to look at a big ball of stats and numbers and right. graphs and data. And take but, what you will from it. But think about it objectively. Like, th- think very critically about all of these things. Just anecdotally, if people, if there are more and more laws allowing for concealed carry, and if more and more people have weapons, not just for hunting or sportsman, you know, activities, but for like handguns and and quote unquote self defense, um, and just given like the racial animus in this country that's like reaching a fever pitch, I feel like. A lot of these killings probably wouldn't have occurred if it weren't for these stand your ground laws. I think or, they are. Yeah. Especially over time. Like yeah. these these people see, for example, George Zimmerman killing a child and and being acquitted for it. Then th- something in their mind is like, oh, I can kill a black man in a parking lot and get away with it, too. Yeah. I'm untouchable. Yeah. At least subconsciously, they must feel that. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my case, my segment. Okay, well, I need talk space. Yeah, if you're dealing <laughs> immediately, with all the feels like we now are. <laughs> you're um, welcome. There is an answer for you, and it's in your pocket, Amanda. What is talk space? Taxbase is the online therapy company that makes it easy, affordable, and convenient for you to be connected with a licensed therapist that's ready to go in your area through an app that's accessible by your phone, your computer, your tablet. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, it can't get much better than that. I literally talk spaced from the toilet yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your a video therapist. Chat? It's Really, it happened. I texted. It wasn't a video chat. I'm nicer than that. <laughs> but I have this turd. Yeah, it's Would seriously. Would you believe it? Can, is this normal? I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> You're okay. a doctor, right? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I love it. It's. Uh, it took me a long time to make the decision to get back into therapy. All joking aside, I've been on and off with in-person therapy for many years. And this was exactly what I needed at exactly the time I needed. And I've been using it for about, oh, God, it's almost a year. It's coming up on a year that we've mm-hmm. been using this service. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love it. And it, in times of dire need, I use it a lot. And in times when I'm feeling well and empowered, I use it less. And it's like I don't have anyone on the other end holding me to any kind of schedule or appointment, which God knows in this day yeah. and age is really freaking hard. But she still mm-hmm. checks in on you, which yeah, is so she, nice. Somebody yeah. cares and is checking in and making sure you're doing good. And mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing. I love it. On your time. I travel a lot and um, increasingly for podcast stuff. Um, and I really like that I can connect to the app 
anytime from anywhere. So I, I don't have to wait and put off my therapy appointments because I don't have appointments. It's just right. on my time. Um, so Talkspace is amazing. For $45 off your first month, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals and uh, treat your brain. Treat it. it. All right. I'm pretty excited about this sponsor. <laughs> and Me too. this is oh god a really fun service from our friends at Songfinch, which is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. They have personalized songs starting at $99. They're delivered within seven days, and their community of professional songwriters will handcraft the best gift you can give. Mm-hmm. So, like Amanda said, these are totally personalized, unique songs for just $99, uh, delivered within seven days, which is amazing. Uh, Song Finch brings together a songwriting community of over 350 uh, professional musicians, and that number is growing. And... Uh, the musician assigned to you uh, will create a song that will live on in a personal URL called your story homepage where you can listen to it, download the song, read the lyrics, learn all about your songwriter so it's even more special, and you can share your song with friends and loved ones. Um, so it really is the perfect, unique gift for weddings, anniversaries, birthdays. My mm-hmm. birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas, the new babies, all the happy things. I still want someone to send somebody a song to break up with them. Yes. <laughs> this is my long-term goal. If this, please, someone out there, use Song Finch. Again, they start at $99, and we're going to give you a little <laughs> promo code. Please break up with somebody with a Song Finch song. I'm begging you. There have to be hundreds of listeners out there who are just mulling over breaking up with their partner yeah. right now. It really it. is the best way to it end is. your relationship or celebrate an anniversary. I love this. Or celebrate a birthday, as was our experience making this uh, song Finch song for Kenyon because Surprise! her birthday is in just a few days. <laughs> what? So what are you talking? What are you talking about? We made you a song, and it came oh. with a slideshow, <laughs> and it came with a slideshow. So uh, I was able to go on to songfinch.com, select. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna freaking love this <laughs> select the genre of music so i selected oh, r&b Duh. <laughs> yes. Duh. and select uh a, an artist to to do it for you and i think you can regular normally with other genres select a male or a female voice but mm-hmm. um at this particular time there was only a male voice available so jdp Amazing. was the artist who helped us write this song he is perfect it's i have so the biggest good. crush on him now i know me too hi so i went in and uh filled out this thing it just gives you like free reign to fill out memories emotions details about kenyan the things that we wanted to say to her and oh god i'll just say this that i said at the end any kind of guilt tripping that you want to slide on in there for to moving to back move to the u.s yeah. would be great. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, my clammy hands are clamified extra right now. So, so Lucy, so what's the song called? Kenyon's song is Come Back. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play a little clip of this Subtle. for you right now. 
This is a song for Kenya from Amanda and Lucy. We go back like 20 years, best friends and truly. Go back like braces and white baseball caps. Hanging out in Excelsior, having fun and trying to relax. Bugging all of our golf fans, a barefoot eating ice cream. Somewhere being wicked, trying to figure out what the cards mean. Or somewhere sailing on the lake singing show tunes. No, we weren't some ducks. Really like singing show tunes Remembering when we coupled In fact it makes us laugh To think about that fight we had To claim the parking pass These days we've grown up But good times they last Glad to have best friends That make life a blast like Just in case we never said we love you Just in case we never said we miss you Yeah, You're the best game Put no one above you things that I missed. Okay, this guy did an amazing job. Right? JP, what up? He yeah. really is from Chicago. I love yeah. him. He knocked yep. it out of the park. I love it. So we um, were extremely pleased with this. Mm-hmm. And oh, we are going to put the entire song up on our Patreon. So if anybody wants to pop over on Patreon, they can check it out. It's going to be awesome. So you can get a feel for what the product actually is. But like we were so impressed. They've gone so above and beyond. And their staff of writers and performers is incredible. So check this out. Highly go, recommend. Go to songfinch.com and use promo code GALS for $20 off your personalized song from scratch, which, again, those start at $99. Again, go to songfinch.com, S-O-N-G-F-I-N-C-H.com, and use promo code GALS for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. Amazing. Treat your ears. Treat your (laughs) friend's ears. Break up with your boyfriend. (laughs) via personalized song from scratch. This is like the millennial way to send a singing telegram. Absolutely. And I love it. It's, so it's the best. Okay. Woo. All right. Well, that's a tough act to follow. Yep. And I'm tearing up, and I shouldn't be because I just had we'll my fake eyelashes done. Oh, don't come come back. back. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, my case is a real bummer. Woo-hoo! Yay! What else is new? I don't know. Amanda, did you choose a case that was also like ruled justifiable but shouldn't have been? It's debatable. Okay, <laughs> mine is like not debatable but okay. was ruled justifiable. Okay. Um, Maryland, 1980. We're off to a bad For- start. Yeah. <laughs> We're off to a the bad end. start. <laughs> Has anyone well, here ever been to Maryland in 1980? No. I mean, I've seen pink flamingos, so I feel like I have. And yeah, I, I mean, don't Baltimore is the greatest back. city in America, but mm. a lot of shit goes down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. Great. For three decades, Eastwood had been a quiet, low-crime, working-class neighborhood on the eastern edge of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Knew it. Residents, Knew it. 
when you come back. Um, <laughs> residents lived in modest two to three bed bedroom brick row houses. I can't speak all of a sudden. Um, the area was predominantly white, Catholic, of Polish descent, and conservative. Uh, folks mostly worked in the steel mills or in nearby shipyards. And can you tell that I literally just finished season two of The Wire? The Wire, yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Does that take Frank place Sabatka. in Baltimore? My friends uh, make fun of me because I put... <laughs> In my phone, some of my random friends, I just changed their photo in my phone to characters from The Wire. <laughs> so, good. so I've Jeez. got Wallace in there. I've got oh. Omar. Yeah. Bubbles. Where the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> well, season two is literally all about Polish Union shipyards. Yeah, it's the workers. worst season. I had to like tape my eyelids open to get through it. It's awful. I kind of loved it. Of anyway. course you did. It's for the union. <laughs> Give me a shot and a beer. God damn it. All right. Um, okay, you gotta watch uh, season two. Of I've the never seen in a single episode. Apparently, I need to. It's what? Super good. Okay. Um, You're off this podcast until you watch The Wire. <laughs> no. Dismissed. We'll see you in six months. Dismissed. Um, bye. <laughs> when you come back. Okay. Roman G. Welsant, uh, native of East Baltimore, uh, matched this neighborhood profile pretty exactly, except he didn't work in the steel mill or at the shipyard. He was a shoe salesman for 24 years. Um, and then he moved into selling kitchen equipment to retail stores. Okay? Okay. Ten. We're Wells with <laughs> was an eighth grade dropout, but he was a hard worker and a child of the Depression. And he and his wife, Genevieve, who went by Jenny, uh, had saved their pennies, Jenny and her pennies. And... Aww. In 1953, they had managed to buy their home at 424 Overview Avenue. Okay. Uh, he was a successful salesman, and then Roman eventually bought a boat, um, and he indulged himself in a brand-new Cadillac, which he took great pleasure in polishing all the time. Um, but it was really their, their house, owning their own home, that was the couple's pride and joy. Do we see where this is going? I don't like it. Yeah. Nope. Don't like it. When they moved in, the area was a brand new development, a triangular patch nestled between three freeways backing up onto a field, which, side note, had once been frequented by a traveling circus, which has nothing to do with my case, Ugh, but it I was like really that. creepy. The field or the three freeways? Both. The field. The field. So, so their it, house is haunted. built on like a clown burial ground. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's like National Clown Week, by the way, Amanda. No! Happy Stop. holidays. Send you a card. I'm texting M. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, later, the abandoned reservoir behind their home. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, this is not good. No. I mean, it was... N not a starter home, but he was an eighth grade dropout, and he managed to buy a house, a Cadillac, and a boat. I feel like, you know. I love it. Goals. So, so what if it was nestled in between a freeway and a clown graveyard Three and an abandoned freeways. reservoir? You're, like, <laughs> locked in on every side by creepy <laughs> shit. Oh, God. 
Okay, they filled in the reservoir and it became a local baseball field. So that's cute and fun. A local pet cemetery. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take any more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, an abandoned orphanage. Um, the Wilsons <laughs> built, a a <laughs> <laughs> built a retaining wall to separate off their backyard from the public baseball field. Um, but the high school kids like to hang out on the field and also in the adjoining alleyway that led to the field and to a did few they, shops. Did they own a huge German shepherd? God. <laughs> Was it a sand lot? Oh, um, no. <laughs> Roman Welsent, a huge baseball enthusiast, a great bambino. <laughs> No, um, okay, one high schooler summed up the neighborhood thus. The only thing to do around here was to hang out, get some beer, and just hang out. That's all. We had to make our own fun. Can relate. Beer is yeah. fun. <laughs> we used to play, because we were the cool kids, obviously, we used to play Twister in oh, yeah. the street, street in the street middle twister. of the street. And we wouldn't have a spinner, so we'd wait for people to walk by in position and ask random strangers to spin for us. It was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I saw That's Kenyon's cool ex-boyfriend's we nuts ball. doing we that. We saw his ball. Just one. Never. Just one. One nut. Never but it was a, play Twister in shorts, y'all. It was a clear view. <laughs> um, okay. So once, years before this case took place, Wellson's own teenage son was arrested for loitering like in that alleyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like alley, all alley twister. The, yeah, basically all the neighborhood kids were just hanging out. Not Got a it. big deal. No. Just being kids. Yeah. But as we all know from our own lives, bored kids will often get up to mischief. And whether simply due to their location behind the baseball field slash next to the alley or due to Roman's temperament and he had been described as a, quote, small, angry man in a black suit. Ick. God. <laughs> Danny DeVito. I hate that I description. He Frank. was a shoe salesman for 24 years. Ooh, I'd be oh. angry, too. He was hunched. Yeah. Um, and small. No, we don't have that in half sizes. If we had it, I'd put the box out. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the Wellsons allegedly became targets for the neighborhood hoodlums. Mm. According to Roman and Jenny, things got progressively worse from year to year. As teen drinking increased, their yard was regularly strewn with beer bottles and broken glass. So they would like pitch it over the wall from the baseball oh, field that's into shitty. their yard, which is shitty. Yeah. yeah. Teens, teenagers can be totally shitty. Absolutely. Yeah, we should kill them. Is that where this is going? <laughs> yeah. He should take the law into his own tiny hands. <laughs> into his small, angry hands. He'd be totally justified. Well, that is kind of where we're going. Um, <laughs> their house it. was egged <laughs> on at least one occasion. Numerous windows were shattered over the years from thrown beer bottles, uh, BB gun pellets, and, and rocks. 
um, quote, they made dents in the awning above our patio out back, lamented Jenny. Yeah, it's still <laughs> shitty of those kids to do that. Yeah, kill sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm and not get to saying that part. that's what it warranted, but like, know, I'd be Lucy. pissed off too. You're the only homeowner yeah. out of the three of us, so. Well, if my awning over my back patio got dented, then yeah, I'd be pissed too. That's basically my whole case summed up is shitty, sure, kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, Roman complained that the youths, which Utes. he literally called them the youths, the youths, <laughs> uh, verbally harassed him while he was cutting the lawn. Oh, no. Quote, I would have liked to have seen that. No offense. <laughs> They'd call me a four-letter word old man, which, like, what? A fuck old man. (laughs) (laughs) A shit old man. A pube old old man. man. A cunt old man. (laughs) A butt old man. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Nailed it. A butt old man. Um, They seem to resent the fact that I was old. I still can't understand. It's because you're old. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, part of the Wellsons' lawn, like a, I think a shrub, was set on fire once, which oh is not God. cool. But again, this is over twenty-seven years, so it's oh. not like within four months all wait, this wait, is wait, happening. Wait, 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 wait. It wasn't like a summer of hell. So no. throngs of teens, of youths, yeah, for twenty-seven years, yeah. youths as they grow teach new youths. <laughs> they pass it down. Man. They pass the baton. Well, we'll get to why he was probably targeted. Yeah, specifically because he's a years. small, angry man in a black suit. Right. Um, Roman and Jenny complained to the local civic association about monthly for twelve years about the harassment. Um, but then, and again, this is all according to them. The kids would just come back and taunt them more, being like, oh, are you going to sell your house? Are you going to sell your house? Okay. Which, like, Aww. why would teenagers... I don't see teenagers saying that. And I don't okay. either. Why would, I was like, why do you care so much about real estate? Because I know a boy? good realtor, bitch. And here's his card. <laughs> Here, and fuck yeah. you, old man. Yeah. <laughs> He'll give you a really good deal. Yeah. Um, best of luck to you. This is a huge deal. <laughs> Congratulations and best wishes. And fuck you. Here's some shit on fire on your doorstep. Yeah, but also here's a bunch of grapefruits. <laughs> Enjoy the next chapter of your life, motherfucker. I can throw you a going away party with devil Have a eggs. peaceful retirement. It's fucking balloons. <laughs> and we it's all nice chipped in and we fish. raised five thousand dollars so you could buy yourself something real nice in your new apartment. We all chipped in. <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> Okay. We've organized a potluck on your behalf. <laughs> I'll cover oh your closing God. costs. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these youths in my neighborhood? Because I could use all of this. Okay. So police were frequently called. But again, this is over the course of 27 years and more concentratedly over 12 years. So, again, not not the same group of teenagers. No, no. 
What um, if it is? They're just a bunch of 45-year-old dudes <laughs> tormenting this guy. Lighting his shrubs on fire. <laughs> Running away, giggling. <laughs> Play, oh playing night games in the neighborhood. <laughs> Marco. Sardine. Flashlight tag. <laughs> okay. Ghost in the graveyard. Each, <laughs> each time before the police could arrive on the scene, and I'm pretty sure the police station was like two blocks away, at least like today, when you look at the map, the police station is like literally two blocks away. Mm. Um, but every time the police would get there, the kids had already scattered, and Roman couldn't say who they had been. Scatter. You would just be like, the youths, you know the ones. Yeah. And then they were like, well, we can't do anything about that, sir, if right. you can't identify them. Oh. Um, so frustrated by being unable to identify his, quote, tormentors. <sighs> Um, Roman began taking semi-surreptitious photos of the neighborhood suspects. Okay. And this move majorly backfired when he was universally derided by all the neighborhood kids and given the nickname Cameraman. Oh, yuck. Original. Okay. Very like, inventive. He, so he would, like, pop his head over the retaining wall and, like, take pictures of kids hanging out on the field drinking beers and, Ew. like, and then be like, I gotcha. And, like, pop his head back down. Like, obviously you're going to escalate shit. Like, yeah. obviously teenagers are going to fucking hate you. Right. Yeah. So one teen, James Willie, remember that name? Not Jimmy Willie. Jimmy Willie. Jimmy Willie. Don't make fun of it. Hold on. Okay, I won't. Um, he said, quote, I don't know why he took pictures, but it scared you. One time he took the, a picture of me and a friend and said, I got you now, and left. Most of the time, the only reason we stayed there was for spite. If he'd asked us to leave, we probably would have. Mm -hmm. We'd sit on his wall, and instead of coming out and saying, could you move? It's bothering me. He'd come out and say, you sons of bitches, I'll get every last one of you. Whoa. Yeah. So, I'd poke that bear too. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, some shit was going to go down. It was basically inevitable at this point. Mm. The situation reached a tragic tipping point on Friday, January 4th, 1980. It was a snowy, stormy night, a bit of a blizzard. Um, again, Friday night, blizzard, bunch of neighborhood kids including 16-year-old James Willie, mm -hmm. Jimmy Willie, and 18-year-old Albert Call Jr. They all get together. They're drinking some beers, having a snowball fight, and soon they get the idea to begin pelting cameraman's house with snowballs to piss yep. off the old man. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. At 9.15 p.m., Roman calls the police to complain, but when the officer arrives, the kids are already gone. And according to the police captain, Roman asked the officer to stay, but the officer had no choice but to leave and go attend to his other duties. Like, it's a blizzard. Right. He Actual needs to be doing other shit. Yeah. Um, as soon as the scene was clear, however, the kids came back and began throwing more snowballs at the house. Mm-hmm. They don't break anything. It's not like broken windows situation. Whatever, no, it's but annoying are, as fuck. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Roman calls the police again, but he doesn't wait for them to arrive this time. 
he immediately goes upstairs and grabs the gun that he'd bought 10 years prior and kept loaded at all times, despite admitting that he didn't really know how to use it and had never fired it. What the fuck? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Kept loaded. That's insane. Never once fired a gun, kept a loaded gun at all times. That's so fucking dangerous. That's not okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Even I have fired a gun. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Okay. Roman takes the gun out onto the porch, goes outside onto the porch, starts threatening the kids, yelling, I'll beat all your asses. You punks better come up here. I'll fight you now. Come here so so I can punch you and shoot you. Come here. I've got a loaded gun, and I don't know how to use it. Come here. Yeah. Literally, they weren't on his lawn yet. They were Mm -hmm. still down on the street pelting the snowballs and he's literally telling them to come closer Mm -hmm. um eyewitness accounts vary as to what unfolded next you know they're the version according to roman and then according to the eight kids that were there um so you pick uh, according to Welsant, uh, he fired two warning shots into the air but the youths advanced on him don't I mean, see that I happening. would run if I heard a gunshot. Yeah. Don't run yeah. towards gunshots. Yeah. No. But at the same time, the kids apparently thought the gun was filled with blanks and were saying so to Roman. They were like, ah, that's filled with... I mean, the kids, they were drunk. They were drunk teenagers. They should not have been doing this, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really occur to them that cameraman who was all like... All talk, all bark, no all, bite. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All bark and no bite for however many decades was actually going to shoot them. Yeah. Um, over some snowballs. So anyway, at this point, the kids are standing just a few feet from Roman. Um, James Willie later said that he was standing behind some of his friends. There were like two people in front of him, including Albert, and that he was the third, and then there were more people behind him. And he was trying to get the front two to settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of gave up and turned around. And w- Roman then shot. So this is the third shot, but the first non-warning shot, and it shot right into James Willie's back oh, as he was walking away. Seeing his best friend hurt, possibly dead, he didn't know yet, um, Albert, who was closest to Wenzant, tried to go after him, but according to all of the teen witnesses, before Albert could even touch Roman, quote, cameraman shot him right through the heart. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. For his part, Wenzant claims that the gun went off by accident when he shot James, um, but then terrified by Albert, who he says grabbed him by the arms, um, Roman fired off a second round in self-defense, killing Albert. Fuck. Um, and I think later at trial, Roman claimed that the youths were grabbing at and tussling with him on the porch, and he kind of, it, when you read the first police report, he just says grab by the arm. Mm-hmm. But 
at trial, he says that they had, like, tussled him down to the floor of the porch. Mm, it evolves, the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Right. And all the teenagers, all eight of them stuck to the story that they no one ever touched Roman. Mm-hmm. They were walking close to him, but they hadn't touched him yet. Um, and also, James was shot in the back. Yeah. Um, so... Two people have just gotten shot in, like, rapid succession. Uh, Some kids help the injured James to a house a couple blocks away, while other kids carry Albert's body to the home of a friend's family across the street. Mm -hmm. And Albert's father was brought to that house, but he didn't yet know that his teenage son was dead. Mm. So when he saw Albert lying on the living room floor with his eyes open, he was like, come on, get up. Like, you got your mother worried sick. Let's, like, oh, let's get out of here. Oh, that makes me sick to my Ugh, stomach. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, the younger boy, James Willie, survived, but spent two weeks in the hospital recovering from the bullet that was lodged in his back. And, of course, he'd also lost his best friend. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking about Winsant... James Willie's older brother told reporters, quote, he used to just come out, take pictures of us, yell, just for sitting on his wall. Nobody ever really harmed him. Mm-hmm. So they, they, were, they were like sitting on the wall that was adjoining the baseball field, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the boy's father, so James's father, Roy, uh, followed up saying, quote, the kids say he's a crackpot. He seemed to get a delight out of hollering at them. You treat them with respect, they act the same way. You treat them as hoodlums, they're going to act like hoodlums. He thought he was the sheriff of Eastwood. Mm. Which sounds a lot like fucking George Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These dudes who just think that they just they're the fucking law. Yeah. yeah. Self-appointed neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dangerous as fuck. I'm pouring more wine. Um, but others sympathized with the Wellsons. Uh, one neighbor told reporters, quote, Roman would come out and holler at them. They'd make fun of him and laugh at him. I got news for you. If I had a gun, I would have shot him myself. Yikes. Okay. For laughing at him. Yeah. Like, which totally reminds me of the Margaret Atwood quote of, like, it's not a perfect analogy, but the quote of, like, men are afraid women will laugh at them, women are afraid men will kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the worst thing that this dude can imagine is is some people laughing at him, mm-hmm. and that's worth killing them over. Mm-hmm. Kids. Kids, children. Ugh. Unbelievable. So the trial, which was highly publicized, seemed to devolve into a referendum on age relations in society. Oh, great. And rando members of the public from across the country began sending in small bills, like a dollar or five dollars, whatever. To cover their closing costs. (laughs) To cover... Arranging <laughs> potlucks their... all over the country. God. When you guys said that, I was like, ooh, eerie. Oh, um, <laughs> to, to cover their attorney's fees. The, the Romans' attorney's fees, not yeah. the kids. No. Yeah. So gross. Um, in total, elderly sympathizers mailed in about $4,000, uh, which is the equivalent of over $12,000 today. Wow. 
uh, to their newfound, quote, folk hero. Yeah. Old white people stick together, man. They really do. Yeah, they do. They really it's do. It's alarming. Ay, pelt me with snowballs if I ever get that fucking crotchety and awful. I will. Can I do it um, anyway, even if you don't? No, you may not. Um, I'll beat your punk asses. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll leave you can okay. find us first, one eye. <laughs> Ooh, it's going down. Come back. Okay. <laughs> the Wellsens uh, ordeal, because, yeah, their ordeal must be so much worse than the victim's family's ordeals, mm-hmm. um, has come to symbolize the struggle of the aged. This is a quote. The struggle of the aged to maintain their dignity and withstand the assaults, physical or otherwise, of a society that seems geared towards the young. Oh, get out of here. Give me a fucking break. You were picked on because you were a prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Geared Not towards you were the old. young. You know what? They started or 27 were... years ago. You or weren't you were old picked then. On... You were middle fucking aged. You were picked on for... You could have been picked on for no reason. You could have just had the wrong house. Like, I remember being a fucking shitty kid growing up in West Hartford and being one of the only girls on the block. And sometimes you would just get into dumb shit and you would, like, fuck around in people's yards. And you're kids. Mm -hmm. There were, like, urban legends about what houses were scary in the neighborhood and what houses to pick on. And, like, that is just part of growing up in a neighborhood. Yeah. It absolutely is. It's it, it, it's so fucked up. Yeah. And it's not, um, it, does it suck that this guy got terrorized for 30 years by a bunch of shitty teenagers? Absolutely that sucks. Absolutely that sucks. I don't even agree with the fuck with the the idea that he was terrorized. Well, fr- from his perspective. I don't mean right. that that's necessarily true. But Four there are so instances many other of things property damage done. over nearly 3 decades. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. There are also You're okay. And you live things. next to a fucking baseball field. There like, are a hundred other things he could have done. Yep. Besides pull a fucking gun and kill mm. somebody and yeah, injure somebody else. He never should have bought that weapon. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Wellsen's grown daughter obviously sides with her father. Quote, these are depression people, like from the Great Depression. Oh, most started with little or nothing. It just destroys them to have their property vandalized. The younger generation, everything's handed down to them. They're a throwaway generation. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Is she talking about her own generation? I mean, yes. Also, again, over 27 years. This two generations. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, my um, grandparents grew up in the Depression. My grandma is 101. She's never yeah. killed anyone. Right. Yeah. That and you she's know probably of. had a broken window or two and just was like, well, I'm glad I have insurance. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but also, like, we can't even say that they, that he had uh, unjustified emotions about it. But again, it was his behavior and his reaction that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck sure. cares how much he cared about his house and his property? You don't kill he people. Killed Every- somebody. Everyone cares about their own property. Everyone cares. It's human mm-hmm. nature to care about your property. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, one sympathetic letter writer 
because remember they getting all this cash and everything yeah. from old folks or across the country. They also wrote letters because old folks love sending letters. Love written word. Um, Prose. Love stamps. <laughs> what assholes. In a weird <laughs> cursive handwriting that nobody can read. Yeah. <laughs> Yet is all identical. Everyone all over identical. the age of 70 has identical handwriting. Mm-hmm. Anyone taught mm-hmm. by nuns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They drill that shit into you. All Catholics have the same handwriting. And training you to use your right hand instead of your left, even if you're left-handed. Yeah. They did that to my grandma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Don't cry about it. (laughs) It's abuse. You're, like, disproportionately upset about that statement. Nope. She is exactly as upset as she should be. Okay. They did it to my Um, grandma. My grandma. (laughs) And she didn't kill any of them. Um, Okay, so one sympathetic letter writer said that Roman should have killed all eight teenagers that night. Good God. In a a sentiment that the retiree himself did not approve of. So even Roman was like, that's a little much, but thanks for the support. Yeah. Um, But he still never expressed real remorse for his crime. Um. And in June 1980, Roman G. Welsant was acquitted of second-degree murder and attempted murder. Mm -hmm. The homicide was ruled justifiable by a jury of his peers. And they really were his peers because they were all middle-aged to elderly. Um, Mm -hmm. The jury's foreman was 64, and another member was exactly Roman's age at the time, Um, Mm -hmm. And that man later told reporters, quote, I'm 68 years old, too. I wouldn't want the four of them coming after me. Yikes. So the jury had deliberated for 10 hours. Apparently, most members were ready to acquit pretty quickly. um, But there was one woman who was holding out, and she had to be convinced over a period of about six hours. So she wanted to convict and was like, but she was the only one. The rest of them were like, nope. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Being on a jury is really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a horrible yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the Wellsons uh, sold their home after the trial and moved out of Eastwood to an undisclosed location. Um, the murder victim, Albert Call's parents... Uh, struggled a lot with their son's death obviously mm-hmm. he was 18 and throwing snowballs and was yeah. murdered yeah. and the guy was acquitted so um their son's bedroom remained exactly as he'd left it with Orioles posters on the wall and small statues of the virgin mary and john f kennedy peace signs oh sweetie <laughs> so 1980 um even though it's a little bit late, but vintage, whatever. Um, Very Catholic either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very Catholic. Um, Albert Call Sr. lost his appetite and began to have fainting spells at his job at the shipyard. Mm -hmm. So all of that update was within, like, a year of this all going down, so I don't know how they fared longer term, but... Mm -hmm. um, Roman G. Welsant died of natural causes in 1990. Genevieve followed in 1992. Albert Call's murder was mentioned in the newspaper articles about both Roman and Jenny's deaths. 
Also, wow. the Baltimore News American paper was a runner-up for a Pulitzer Prize for its piece reporting on, quote, the snowball tragedy, mm. which it really was. They were great articles, and I pulled everything from them. Um, and then just to finish it off with, like, thoughts on race. So Roman and the victims were all white. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole neighborhood at the time was white. But he was acquitted, and there was a very similar case, and I didn't have time to get into it, but there was a very similar case just a few years later also in Baltimore, also over snowballs. Mm-hmm. And the the guy was black, and his victim was black, but that guy was convicted. Mm-hmm. So there Shocking. You Interesting. Yep. There you go. Uh, all right. Everything well, sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now a word from our advertiser. <laughs> I love Kenyon's cases. <laughs> beep, oh, we should really save our talk space plug for right after, after Kenyon's, Kenyon's case. Yeah, we got to start moving <laughs> yeah, things we should, around. We should switch it around. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. But, you know, this Don't sponsor is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yay, sponsors. <laughs> All right. As conscious consumers, we care about the ingredients in the food that we eat and the beauty products that we use. So why shouldn't the same be true of our period and sexual health care products? Mm-hmm. Lola is dedicated to providing folks with the products and content they need to make informed decisions on behalf of their bodies. Praise be. Yes. As a brand founded by two women encountering new phases in their own reproductive lives, they know that each new stage brings questions like, is this normal? Is it supposed to feel like that? What is this made of? Is this the right product for me? Mm -hmm. Um, And they have thought it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. These are the Cadillac of tampons, people. Mm -hmm. Preach. I Roman approved. enjoy using them. Yeah, like, that's weird, but I love it's it. It's weird. They're reliable, comfortable. They don't contain any scents, thank God, or mm-hmm. dyes or chemicals. They're just organic mm-hmm. cotton. And mm-hmm. you can opt for the applicator-free version to reduce plastic waste. Hello, I love that. Um, so Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their period product subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products your perfect mix of absorbency. Love that. I yeah. love it so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Your number of boxes and the frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel at any time. Just like your period can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. Very true. Yep. Uh, you can pick your products. So, again, choose from organic cotton tampons, which are available with a BPA-free plastic applicator or in an environmentally non-applicator format, environmentally friendly. Um, yeah, They also have pads and liners, or you can have a box of each. Mix it up. Mm-hmm. Love it. And this is my favorite part. You can do some good with your purchase. So for every purchase, Lola donates menstrual care products to homeless shelters across the United States. I love that so much. That's so So important. So necessary and Mm -hmm. and often overlooked. Mm -hmm. Oh, frequently overlooked. So Lola, known for its line of period products made with organic cotton, um, also offers sex products. Yes. (laughs) 
made with women in mind and specifically formulated to help maintain vaginal pH. Mm-hmm. And this is where <laughs> I'm going to take over this ad, folks, yeah. because the Sex by Lola line is available mm. for once off purchase or, if you're like me, subscription. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can add it to your period subscription so everything is conveniently delivered on your ideal schedule in that discreet packaging, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, Sex by Lola are gynecologist approved products to maintain a healthy pH balance and guarantee peace of mind knowing what's going on in, on, around, under, between Mm -hmm. your body, betwixt, and your partner's body. So it's like hypoallergenic magic for all. And Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I really want to mention, let's talk about lube, baby. Mm -hmm. My favorite. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lube is hard to select and it can be nasty like smelly and gross and i encountered a lube once that literally removed my nail polish yeah oh how gross is that yeah this is i mean this is for real so this stuff is this is magical lube people i mean like i i'm getting chills thinking about it featuring (laughs) a mess free one click pump system so you're not squirting it out of a jar Nice. Don't ask me what kind sound. of lube I was using before that both squirts and is in a jar. It's an amazing um, jar. <laughs> it's a water-based formula that's completely hypoallergenic. It's made with 95% organic ingredients, and it still has that long-lasting lubricant effect. It perfectly mimics natural moisture and maintains a healthy pH balance. It is perfect. The products yeah. that are like featured in this lube are water and aloe vera like you couldn't get much more natural and amazing than that and it has a bunch of benefits it has that mess free dispenser which is one of my favorite things about it uh a long lasting glide which i can Mm. definitely attest is true Mm -hmm. it's made without any (laughs) irritating chemicals it's gynecologist approved it's hypoallergenic it's formulated to help maintain a healthy ph it's safe to use when you're trying to conceive Smart. Mm. Which I never even thought of because I've never tried to conceive. But, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> it's Only made... tried the opposite. But exactly. Yes. But it's made without parabens. It's made without petrochemicals. It's made without glycerin. It's made without synthetic flavors. It's made without fragrance. It's it's amazing. Highly recommend. Perfect. So for 40% <laughs> off your order, 40% off, yeah. visit mylola.com. That's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter GALS40, G-A-L-S. Four zero to get started. Again, 40% off your order. Yeah. Visit mylola.com and enter gals40 to get started. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our other, other sponsor. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to try on the most comfortable flat you've ever worn that you can wear all day, every day? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. (laughs) I am. Um, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Seriously, you are never going to want to take these off. Uh, Rothy's is the everyday flat for life on the go. It is stylish, classic, super comfortable, Mm -hmm. and comes in three fashionable styles. The flat, the point, and the loafer. Yeah, I have literally never owned flats that didn't pinch me or give me some sort of blister somewhere, and so these have changed my life. And it's going to blow your mind that they are made from recycled plastic water bottles 
because yeah. they are the softest shoe you could ever put on your feet. Like seriously, they're so soft. Mm-hmm. And it's mind blowing. Yeah, it does not feel like they're made of plastic, and you can feel good about wearing them for that reason. You're contributing to removing plastic waste from our universe, and added bonus, they are machine washable because feet are gross yep. and they're sweaty. Mm-hmm. You can just <laughs> pop these in the washing machine, and they don't melt. They don't warp. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I truly, genuinely love my pair of Rothy's. I got the point in, like, a beautiful light gray. Mm-hmm. Like Amanda mm. said, they're unbelievably comfortable. They're seamless. So they actually form the fabric around, like, a, sh- like a foot model. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy comfy. So I love them, and I know that you will, too. So right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get free shipping uh, with no minimum order. And Rothy's offers free ship, uh, free returns and exchange- exchanges on your Rothy's shoe. And trust mm. me, you won't return them unless you order the wrong size like I did. And even mm. then, I got my new pair within like three days. Their customer service is amazing. I hardly yeah. had to wait at all. So mm-hmm. go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get your cute shoes and free shipping. It's a no-brainer, y'all. These shoes are comfortable. They're stylish. They're sustainable. The shipping is free with that promo code. So get yourself a pair today. Mm-hmm. Rothys.com, promo code GALS. Get this deal while it lasts. Treat your feet. Woo! Treat your toes. Okay. I mean, other than the fact that this is about death, my story Mm. is much less depressing than Kenyon's. Oh, good. Thank God. We are going to be talking about Sam Cooke, American singer, songwriter, and (gasps) entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. A little bit about Sam Cooke. Influential as both a singer and composer, he is commonly known as the King of Soul for his distinctive Mm. vocals and importance within popular music. He began singing as a child and joined the Soul Stirrers before moving to a solo (laughs) career. I know. I love it. I love it. It makes me think of like a coffee stirrer at a church basement. (laughs) He's so cute, too. I I just Googled his face. I mean, you might have a different opinion of him by the end of the story, but. It's hard because like there's so much, especially like R&B and soul music. I mean, I love Michael Jackson and I have an opinion about Michael Jackson. Everyone has an opinion about Michael Jackson. It's like everyone you listen to now. I just heard about Beyonce. Yeah. I just read about what did Beyonce do? Her clothing line apparently is made overseas and the like young people working in basically sweatshops are paid like 64 cents an hour. And it's like there's something problematic about everybody and it's really, really hard to keep it all straight. And I hate it. And I'm you can you can love the art and hate the artist. It's hard to separate sometimes. I think that that's a slippery slope to say. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. That's possible. yeah, it uh, depends, yeah. yeah. So he dove into this solo career. He scored a string of hit songs like You Send Me, A Change Is Gonna Come, Wonderful World, mm-hmm. Chain Gang, Twisting the Night Away, Bring It On Home mm-hmm. to Me, Making a Playlist. <laughs> um, his pioneering contributions to soul music contributed to the rise of Aretha Franklin, Quinn, Bobby Womack, <laughs> Al Green, Quinn. Quinn, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Quinn, Marvin Gaye, Quinn, Billy Preston, <laughs> and popularized the likes of Otis Redding, Quinn, and James Brown. Kang! Kang! <laughs> Kang. Well, there were a lot of... Cook was born Samuel Cook. 
Yes. <laughs> Cook was born Samuel Cook in Clarksdale, Mississippi in 1931. And in 1957, he added an E to the end of his last name to Cookie. signify a new start in his oh. life, which is, if it's that easy, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's your name going to be? Amanda. Amanda. Jacobson. Yeah. He was the fifth of eight children of the Reverend Charles Cook, a minister in the Church of Christ, and his wife, Annie May. Aww. How cute. Um, He wasn't the only musically talented one. One of his younger brothers, L.C., became a member of the doo-wop band Johnny Keys and the Magnificence. Mm. Uh, Their family moved to Chicago in 1933, and Sam Cooke attended Doolittle Elementary and Wendell Phillips Academy (gasps) High School in Chicago, which is the same school that Nat King Cole had attended a few years earlier, so it churned out a bunch of kings. Wow. He began his career with his siblings in a group called The Singing Children when he was six years old. He the first became known as the lead <laughs> singer. A with on the, the note. I yeah. Know. <laughs> I know. It's such an easy name. Uh, his, the his, Von Traps. He first became known as lead singer with the Highway QCs <laughs> when he was a teenager, <laughs> having joined the group at the age of 14. So this is like some Michael Jackson shit. You start him young. Yeah. Um. During this time, I love this anecdote, Cook befriended fellow gospel singer and neighbor Lou Rawls, who sang in a rival gospel group. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate childhood. Um, So, Sam Cook died at the age of 33 on December 11th, 1964, at the Hacienda Motel at 9137 South Figueroa Street in Los Angeles, California. Answering separate reports of a shooting and of a kidnapping at the motel, police found Cook's body clad in only a sports jacket, like a sport coat, and Mm -hmm. shoes, but no shirt, no pants, no underwear. So shoes and a jacket. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He had sustained a gunshot wound to the chest, which was later determined to have pierced his heart. The motel's manager, Bertha Franklin, said she had shot Cook in self-defense. Bertha Franklin. Bertha Franklin. No (laughs) relation. (laughs) said she had shot Cook in self-defense after he broke into her office residence and attacked her. So she, like, basically lived in the motel. Her account was immediately disputed, however, by Cook's acquaintances. The official police record states that Bertha fatally shot Sam, who had checked in earlier that evening. Bertha claimed that Sam Cook had broken into the manager's office slash apartment um, in a rage, wearing nothing but a shoe, one shoe, and a sport coat. Mm. Demanding mm. to know the whereabouts of a woman who had accompanied him to the hotel earlier that evening. Oh, this doesn't sound good at all. Nope. Uh, Bertha said the woman was not in the office and that she told Cook this, but the enraged, the enraged Cook did not believe her and violently grabbed her, demanding again to know the woman's whereabouts. According to Bertha, she grappled with Cook. The two of them fell to the floor and she then got up and ran to retrieve a gun. Because she's like a badass motel manager, so obviously she probably has she has a firearm. Mm-hmm. Mm. She said she then fired at Cook in self-defense because she feared for her life. Cook was struck once in the torso. According to Bertha, he exclaimed, Lady, you shot me! Oh my god, <laughs> like that song! Yes. Before mounting a last charge at her. She said she beat him over his head with a broomstick before he finally fell, mortally wounded by the gunshot. Second gunshot, mm. I think. No. She shot him One. once and then beat and him. And then with just the hit him yep. with the broom. Mm. Yeah. 
So the motel's owner, a woman named Evelyn Carr, claimed that she'd been on the telephone with Bertha at the time of the incident. Carr claimed to have overheard Cook's intrusion and the ensuing conflict and gunshot. Oh, she so called got a pol- witness by telephone. Yeah, and, I'm, and it's the only witness. Whoa. Mm. And it's the 60s, so I don't know what the phone record protocol situation yeah. is or if this is i mean ad- admissible i'm assuming it is it was admissible in court they probably just have to take her word for it they mm-hmm. don't actually have like a recording or transcript yeah it seems yeah. like kind of circumstantial i don't know that that would be interesting to to research uh she called police to request that officers go to the motel this is the owner evelyn telling them that she believed a shooting had occurred mm-hmm. a coroner's inquest was convened to investigate the incident the woman who had accompanied Cook to the motel was identified as Elisa Boyer, who had also called the police that night shortly before Evelyn Carr, the owner, had. Boyer mm-hmm. had called from a telephone booth near the motel, telling them she had just escaped being kidnapped. Oh, that's who he was looking for? Was yep. some woman he'd kidnapped? Yep. Uh. Sam Cook? Yep. Fuck. I thought I liked you. I know. It's, it's Well, okay. It's, there's more. It's confusing. Okay. Okay. Um, Elisa Boyer told the police that she had first met Cook earlier that night and had spent the evening in his company. She claimed that after they left a local nightclub together, she had repeatedly requested that he take her home, but he instead took her against her will to the Hacienda Motel, mm-hmm. which kind of would explain, like, why are you going to the Hacienda Motel in L.A. when you're freaking Sam Cook and, like, you are a successful musician? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She claimed that once in one of the motel's rooms, Cook physically forced her into the bed and that she was certain he was going to assault her. (laughs) According to Boyer, when Cook stepped into the bathroom for a moment, she quickly grabbed her clothes. Good girl. Ran from the room. Good girl. You go. Mm -hmm. She claimed that in her haste, she had also scooped up most of Cook's clothing by mistake. So that would explain why he was only wearing a jacket and a shoe. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. She said she first ran to the manager's office and knocked on the door seeking help, but said the manager took too long in responding. It was worried that Cook was going to come after her, so she just took off when no one answered the door. She fled from the hotel before the manager ever opened the door. Um, She said she then put her clothing back on, hid his clothing, and went to a telephone booth where she made the call to the police. That all makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boyer's story is the only account of what happened between her and Cook that night. However, her story has long been called into question. Because she's a woman. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Is she a woman starts. of color? I actually am not sure. Mm-hmm. But when I take a deeper look and maybe find some photos, it's possible I can find some pictures of her. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, inconsistencies between her version of events and details reported by diners at Martoni's Restaurant, where Cook dined and drank earlier in the evening, suggest that Boyer may have gone willingly to the motel with Cook. Doesn't really change it. Nope. Because she still could have been assaulted yep. or raped. Yep. Uh, then slipped out of the room with his clothing in order to rob him, of course, rather than to escape an attempted rape. Whatever. Uh, Cook was reportedly carrying much more money at Martoni's than the $108 of cash found at his death scene. But who would fucking know that? You know? Yeah. How do the diners know how much money he yeah. had? Um, and that Boyer was arrested for prostitution in January of 1965, though the charge was dismissed and she accrued no more notoriety. Okay, it still doesn't change the fact that she could have been assaulted or No, raped. not even I mean, a little bit. And maybe he did right. have more than $108 found cash at his death scene because maybe he did pay for sex and maybe it did mm-hmm. escalate into a situation that was unsafe for her. 
and right. she escaped. Right. Like none or of this changes anything. She was grabbing a really pile of clothes, and the, those clothes included his pants with his wallet in it, and exactly. it wasn't some elaborate ruse to run naked from the room. Right. Exactly. To However, steal a wallet. Questions about Boyer's role were, quote, beyond the scope of the inquest by the coroner, the purpose of which was only to establish the circumstances of Franklin, Bertha Franklin's role in the shooting. So it's like, we don't really, it doesn't really matter what happened. I mean, of course it matters what happened before it got to that point. But it doesn't actually affect it doesn't affect the murder and the ruling against her. Um, Boyer's leaving the hotel room with almost all of Cook's clothing, and the fact that tests showed that Cook was inebriated at the time provided a plausible explanation to the inquest jurors for Cook's bizarre behavior and state of dress. In addition, because Evelyn Carr's testimony corroborated Bertha Franklin's version of, of events, and because both Boyer and Franklin later passed lie detector tests, the coroner's jury ultimately accepted Bertha Franklin's explanation and returned a verdict of justifiable homicide. Okay. With that yeah. verdict, authorities officially closed the case on Cook's death. I kind of side with Evelyn or uh, with uh, Boyer and Bertha. Bertha. I do too. I feel yeah. like even if it, all the even pieces if Bertha fit. were a man, like I'm not just siding with Bertha because she's a woman. Yeah. If if the hotel manager had been a man and this crazed dude had run in, being like. Where's this woman? Where blah, blah, blah. naked except for a naked. shoe and a jacket? I'd be like, are you? What has happened? I'd be terrified. Yeah. Like maybe not. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have a firearm, so I probably wouldn't shoot. Right. But I'd call the police. I'd be like, what the yeah, fuck is happening? I'd and lock myself in my bedroom. Fuck out. I'd yeah. Yeah. I'd definitely Beat him with the broom. The broom broom yeah. stick him. Yeah. 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 I can't. I mean, this is all disputed. I think, again, this is like one of those weird situations where someone who has a public persona and who was very influential and like a big member of a really, you know, vast community, they rally Mm -hmm. around you. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but sometimes, you know, people do God forbid if anybody accidentally tries to kill Amanda because there will be a legion of Twitter lesbians out. Uh Well, also the fact that a lot of his fans uh, were from like the gospel community, like Mm -hmm. a religious community. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, So again, Cook's family and supporters have rejected Boyer's version of events as well as those given by Bertha Franklin and Evelyn Carr. They believe that there was a conspiracy to murder Sam Cook and that the murder took place in some manner entirely different from the three official accounts. Singer Etta James viewed Cook's body before his funeral and questioned the accuracy of the official version of events. I love you, Etta James, but the last I checked, you are not, like, a coroner or a doctor. Um, She wrote that the injuries she observed were well beyond the official account of Cook having fought Franklin alone. I don't know. So she's saying that... He looked more fucked up than anything in the coroner's account, is what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote that Cook was so badly beaten that his head was nearly separated from his shoulders. His hands were broken and crushed and his nose mangled. I mean, you can get pretty fucked up by a broomstick. Well, and also if she's viewing his body like a few days later. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's just hard to accept for people who love. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to have more evidence yeah. to know. I'd have to look at the coroner's report and. If there were photo crime, you know, mm-hmm. like and maybe consult that a is doctor the case. and not yeah. a yeah. Uh, choir singer. 
And there's another conspiracy theory that uh, Sam Cooke's manager, Alan Klein, might have played a role in this. And Klein owned uh, the company Tracy Limited, which owned all the rights to Sam Cooke's recordings. So there's just like all this speculation, but there's zero evidence supporting a criminal conspiracy and nothing there's I mean, in all these years, nothing's come up to support that. The only story that makes sense is the one that we know. Um, right. The funeral, the first funeral service for Sam Cooke was held on December 18th, 1964 at A.R. League Funeral Home in Chicago with 200,000 fans light up uh, for more than four city blocks to view his body. They did a big open viewing, which kind of creeps me out. <laughs> After that, oh, God, his no. body was flown back to L.A. for a second service at the Mount Sinai Baptist Church on December 19th, which included a much heralded performance of The Angels Keep Watching Over Me by Ray Charles, who stood, who stood in for grief-stricken Bessie Griffin, who I think Sam Cooke was with at the time. Um mm-hmm. Cook was interred at Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery in Glendale, California, and I just want to make sure you ladies have taken notes because this is exactly how extra I want my multiple funerals. <laughs> Open <laughs> casket. Open casket for 200,000 Whining just Time fans. Public sympathy. That's yeah. all you if want only, out of this. If yeah. only we Press had 200,000 yeah, Whining Crime um, Bertha Franklin said she received numerous death threats after shooting Sam Cook. Of course, mm. she left her position at the Hacienda Motel and did not publicly disclose where she'd moved because she didn't want people to be coming after her. Um, right. After being cleared by the jury, she sued Sam Cook's estate, citing physical injuries and mental anguish suffered as a result of Cook's attack, which like fair enough. Mm-hmm. Her lawsuit sought two hundred thousand dollars in, compen- in compensation and punitive damages, which I didn't do the math, but this is in the freaking 60s. That's a lot so, of money. Sounds like a yeah, lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Probably um, a million today or something. Yeah. And to kind of put that in perspective, um, Barbara Womack countersued Bertha Franklin on behalf of the estate, seeking only $7,000 in damages to cover Cook's funeral expenses. Like, he had these two lavish funerals for $7,000. Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, what a time to be alive or dead, I guess. <laughs> Right. Um, Elisa right. Boyer provided testimony in support of Bertha Franklin's uh, case in this, um, mm-hmm. this settlement lawsuit. And in 1967, a jury ruled in favor of Franklin on both counts. Um, but she was awarded $30,000 in damages, not $200,000. But still, that's the right. 60s. That's a lot. That's still a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Still kind of a lot, considering that she came out of the attack seemingly unharmed yeah, and he yeah, died. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Sam Cook. I didn't know really any of this. I didn't either. I didn't so this either. Shit, this popped up and I thought, yeah, it's a little famous, but maybe there are a lot of folks out there like me who were unaware that this is how this had gone down. I knew that like he had been shot at a ho- at a hotel. I had never mm-hmm. looked into anything else about it. I just assumed it was like a John Lennon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a Selena thing. Yeah. Selena. Oh, or like an MLK please. thing. Or like a ben JFK Hill. thing. It, really like anytime an anyone is thing. unjustifiably shot but <laughs> turns out it was a different thing special thanks special thanks <laughs> i can't listen to any music anymore um yeah. but everything I is problematic the fan pick shana 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 <laughs> Shana-na-na, rains we love you this was a really juicy topic yeah, it Thank was you. Thank you. Thank you also to Robin Strathdee 
Oh. Strap you on and strap yeah. yourself in. <laughs> Run. Strap yourself in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to Emma Richardson. Woo-woo. Uh, we are richer because of you. Mm. Emma, I love you. Aww. Thank you to Katie Schrader. You shred it up. Katie yeah. Schrader. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is this last name a typo? Nope, it's not. Great. Nora cringed. You, you cringed me with your. You're know. a cring. You're the, you're the, you're the cringed to you're my You're a real quen. hum cringder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, As are Danielle and Tom Dufour. Couple goals. Woo. Couple goals. Also, mm-hmm. some goals. Ooh. Oh. Half okay. of a do-foursome. Okay. Mm. Um, Holly Adams, you Ooh. are part of the Adams family and the Wine oh. Coven family. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. As is Leslie Brooks. My Brooks overfloweth with your generosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison Henderson. Any relation Harry to Harry and the Hendersons? Just go. Can't you see we don't want you? <laughs> I John Lithgow's greatest performance. (laughs) Um, Wrap this up. I need to go watch Harry and the Hendersons on repeat for the next several hours while crying. (laughs) Caitlin Smith, you are (laughs) nailing it. Uh, I got nothing, y'all. <laughs> Caitlin Smith, you're really great. I love and I, it. Caitlin, think of anything else. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Christine Vasco. I mm. just love your name. Thank you for your $5 a month, Dinesh. Yes. I love you, yes. Vasco and wide. Catherine Cruz cruised up their pledge from $1 to $5 a month. Fun fact you can increase your pledge on Patreon. You can. I love that. It makes time. me feel so special when people do that. I know I love the it. The increases are really special. I always and imagine fun. that they like got a job promotion. Yeah, something amazing happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So congratulations mm-hmm. on your job promotion, Catherine yes. Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, big congrats, Mazeltov, to Kayla Hamblin for increasing their pledge from two dollars to five dollars a month. I am Amblin over to say thank you to you, Kayla Hamblin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and congratulations to Angelica Joyce, who increased their donation from 2 to $5 Ooh, a month. We rejoice. You, yes, we are rejoicing your angelic donation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Katie Mendez also got a job promotion and increased their pledge wow. from $5 a month to $6 a month. Nice. So thank you I so much that. to Katie Mendez. Katie Mendez likes even numbers. Mm. Increments matter, people. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Bex Smolchich. Ooh. Um, you are smoldering, and this chitch likes it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be sending you a fucking patriarchy wine glass at some point in yeah. the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. Monique Ward is also going to get a fucking patriarchy wine glass as a reward oh! for their $10 oh! a month donation. <laughs> That's a good one. Suzanne Hoskin. Mm. You're just a Hoskin and a jump away from your fucking patriarchy wine glass. Ooh, nice one. Thank you so much. Toby Krause. 
You're everyone's favorite person in the office, Toby Kraus. <laughs> Not Toby. You're, you're gonna get a wine glass. If I had a gun with two bullets <laughs> and I was in a room with Hitler, Stalin, and Toby, I'd shoot Toby twice. <laughs> Not Toby Krause. No. Not Toby Krause. It's from The no. Office. It's a quote. Um, Diana Bardwell, you bartered well with your $10 a month donation, <laughs> and you'll be receiving a fucking patriarchy wine glass, and we are eternally grateful to you. Yes. As we are for original Kaylee. Okay. <laughs> Gotta like that. Oh. Way better than okay. Kaylee Light. You are okay, original Kaylee. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, shout out to Ellen Bourgeois. Ooh. It might be very bourgeois of me to say, but we appreciate your donation. Appreciate You're not bougie at all. Uh, Mariah Sharp, your sharp wit and Mariah Carey voice have <laughs> contributed to your ability to donate to us at $10 a month. And we really appreciate it. Yes. It's a circular argument. Okay. I got there. <laughs> Thank you very much to Holly Miller. That's Holly with an I. Probably two eyes on their face, but we don't like to make assumptions here on the show. $10 a month. Thank you so much. My God. My God. Oh, no. Um, Shout out to Rosie Levy. I will never leave you alone, Rosie. Mm-mm. Thank you. And another ripe rose. Rose Logan Surgeon also gives $10 a month. And Rose and her daughter have matching fucking patriarchy sweaters. Yes. Which is so <laughs> cute and amazing. That is like family goals. And uh. now you're going to get a fucking patriarchy wine glass so you two can get Real cozy, and you can sip your wine, and I don't know how old your daughter is, but one day maybe she'll have her own fucking patriarchy wine glass. I love Uh, that. Love it. Oh, my God. Thank you to Detta Hannigan. We hope you didn't go too far into Detta with your $10 a month Uh, donation. I like that. that. Uh, Gretchen George, uh, you are super fetch. Yeah. And we love you. Marie Claire Kearney or Cerny. Um, isn't Marie Claire like a... Do they make magazine? It's a magazine. <laughs> that's, oh. Marie, that's Marie 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 Well, we, we know where your mind is at. I'm so hungry. Thank you for your donation. Oh, we love you. <laughs> All right. Someone else who got a job promotion jumps yes. from $1 to $15 a month, which is our trash queen level, is Anna Maria Blomqvist. Blomqvist. Thank you so much, Anna Maria. You were a ship that sailed from Europe to the Americas. Isn't that the okay. Santa that Maria, Santa, yeah. okay. the Mar- <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, the Santa Maria, Maria, the Anna Maria? I'll do you in the bottom while I'm drinking sangria. <laughs> okay, Step um, is the only reason I remember that. Evelyn Josephson, <sighs> you have a lot of E's in your name, and yeah. it makes me yes, gleeful. You do. Yeah. Evelyn Josephson. Josephson. <laughs> oh, you're giving twenty five dollars a month. Holy which means shit! You get to pick an Whoa. episode 
topic and or case and or wine provided we can access it in Minnesota. Amazing. And, uh, we love you for it. As is Ryan Nijakowski, who mm-hmm. also got a job promotion. Congratulations, Ryan. Increasing their donation from $10 to $25 a month. So you get to pick a case mm-hmm. and or topic and or wine if we can find it or you can send it to us. Yes, yes, yes. I feel yes, like yes, Ryan yes. is very active on Twitter because this name is very familiar to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, of, and course, of course, oh, <laughs> special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. We will all be texting our therapist after this yes. episode because this was yeah. a rough yes. one. Thank you, Shauna. <laughs> so go to so easy, convenient and affordable. You don't need to say that part. We just need to say the website. Then say Go it. to Talkspace.com forward slash gals for $45 off your first month. Just do it already. I don't know why you haven't yet. We love you. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hey, Wine and Crime listeners. This is your fellow wino, Christine Schieffer, speaking. I co-host And That's Why We Drink podcast with M. Schultz, and every week we talk about crime, ghosts, and anything else that makes us drink. So if you guys want to check us out, uh, you can find us at andthatswhywedrink.com or Podcast on all our socials. Uh, You can also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can find our crossover episodes with Wine and Crime that we did a couple months ago. So thanks for checking us out, and go have a drink on us. (laughs) 